everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Bitten with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as I say every show, this, we got a great one for you today because we do. We have Corey English, who's really done some great things in her past, and we really believe she's going to do some great things in the future. And we're excited to bring you on, and we think you're going to love her too. So, Corey, are you here? I'm here. Hi, guys. Hey, Hi. how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, you know, uh, wrangling kids like you guys, it sounds like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have to kind of balance this. You know, when we do our 2 p.m. show, if they're scheduled at 2, we put Caitlin, the one-year-old, down for a nap. So that works out perfect. But any of the other times, we have to kind of wade through, and Sandy kind of has to sometimes are in and out of the show. And <laughs> yes, and Big Brother helps are- watch them, too. <laughs> See, that's great. You have a, did you say they're one and eight? Yeah. Yes. Yes, one and eight. Okay. So so we have a one-year-old and a six-year-old, so it's very familiar. But I don't trust the six-year-old uh, with the one-year-old yet. <laughs> yeah, we don't trust that. the eight-year-old fully yet. Not fully. <laughs> I supervise, and he just helps play and, and watch a little bit. <laughs> so as we get started here, tell everybody a little bit about who you are, um, where you're from, and a brief overview of you. Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised. And oh, wow. um, I was raised in, in sort of an entertainment family. My dad was a musician, so I was around music from the time I was super <laughs> tiny. And, of course, got pulled up on stage with my dad's band. My sister and I were always, <laughs> you know, popping up on stage to sing a song. <laughs> and uh, And so I kind of just grew up in the industry doing commercials and uh, worked with a company out of Atlanta called Atlanta Workshop Players, which is like a kid, uh, they have acting classes and they have, um, they do tons of performances at schools and resorts. And so I grew up doing that and then um, worked more heavily in television and voiceover as I got a little older while always writing, you know, poetry on the side. Um, Mm -hmm. And then went to school at UGA and around right. that time, I learned go to play dog. guitar and started putting, yeah, go dog. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I kind of, like, actually learned to play an instrument. Then I moved out to L.A., continued to work in um, television, film, voiceover, and then did, kind of did music on the side. Um, and then now I'm more heavily focused on music. So, I don't it's just. At one point when I was a teenager, I had to make the decision to actually mm-hmm. be in the entertainment industry. I always had been. And then I had a mm-hmm. moment where I was like, oh, most people choose what they're going to be right now. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but it seemed like a bunch of wasted time if I just didn't continue. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So I always like to start really light before we really dig deep um, into anything. So what are some hobbies you'd like to do outside of music? Um, I'm, I, I love playing with my kids, <laughs> but I, we have know to, that one. I have to find the things I love. Yeah, totally. And I, I love to like take them to parks and, you know, like the zoo and the mm-hmm. science center and go kick a soccer ball. I have a, I have a hard time with two boys. And so I have a harder time with like driving a Hot Wheels car in a circle 105 times. <laughs> um, but, uh. But yeah, and I uh, I love to drink wine with my girlfriend. That's definitely is that can that be a hobby? Can, I mean, I'm gonna just say yes. Uh, <laughs> and right now it feels like a novelty just to like 
you know, have a moment with my husband. It, we used to say that now that we have two kids, like a hobby mm-hmm. was actually going alone to Target. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and now it's like going anywhere that's not my house. That would be mm-hmm. a current, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's funny is a lot of people are now living the life the and marriage to what Sandy and I have always We've been married 17 years, and we've been a 24-7 couple the whole time. Everything we've done, we've done together. We've done different business things together. We're doing this show together. So, you know, all we've wow. known is each other. Yeah. So we kind of we laugh a little bit because, you know, so many people through the years have told us how unhealthy we are and how codependent <laughs> we are and how this yeah. and that we are. I mean, we, we've heard it all, and yet they're divorced. And we're still here, <laughs> and yeah. and um, and what's funny is we kind of joked, uh, I guess, when all this went down with the coronavirus, we're just like, you know what, everybody's living our life now, for the most yeah, it's part. Yeah, normal for you guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my in-laws are like that. They, my in-laws have known each other since they were, I don't know, four or five years old or something, and, and oh, wow. just oh, wow. literally grew up together, and now they have a business together, and so. Um, awesome. You know, I, I've definitely seen it work. I can, and we can't imagine any other way. Any, any other way, you know. In fact, we've never spent a night apart. And here's the sad part for us. And we we could use some sympathy cries on this one. But but anyway, okay, um, I got them ready. Um, but, <laughs> but next, um, but in June June thirtieth, she's got to have a major surgery, so she's going to be in the hospital for three nights. Yeah, we're, we're sad about that. <laughs> and that would be the first time. And how long have you been? How long have you been together? We've been married seventeen, 17 years. years. Married now, eighteen in October. And this will be and, your and, first nights apart ever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet, you guys. And, and when I say twenty-four-seven couple, I mean we have been. I mean, there have been moments when we weren't a where I may have went out with the guys to play disc golf or something, but if you add up the total amount of time we've been apart, I guarantee you it's not more than 3,000 total hours in 17 years. Probably. Wow. So. I think that's, that's something to be proud of. Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that um, <clears throat> if you're happy, then oh, it's yeah. definitely not unhealthy. Yeah, absolutely. I think and, we, and, you know, and, you everybody's know, got their thing that works for them. They do. And see, yes. I went through 19 years of addictions where God healed me uh, 12 years ago, but the first five years of our marriage was really hell on Sandy because of my addictions. And, mm-hmm. um, but she didn't never put me down. She never um, put down any addictions. She always loved me through them. And I really believe that if we weren't that 24 seven couple at the beginning of our marriage, we probably wouldn't be together today. And I'd probably be dead. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, and I think that in success, those kinds of things bond you. They do. And that's I, and that's what I think that's that's I, I think that's why we've been so attracted to the whole music industry because it's because unbe- all our marriage we've been put down for being this twenty four seven couple, but you wouldn't believe how many people that we have interviewed whose spouses work with them in the music business and they're pretty much the same way. Wow, really? There's a lot of that 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 you that like like whether it's the wife who's the front person, but the but but and the guys handling like social media and all that for or vice versa, you know, 
and you get and like when we um talked with um I think it was um forget who it was, but he said who was it that said that you know, him and his wife has been the same way for years? From oh yeah, it was it was one of the, the people that's been in for like thirty, forty years. I, I can't remember, but yeah, I remember him talking about that. And he said a lot of his friends and he said because when I brought that up about how the twenty four seven couple thing. He goes, you know, a lot of my friends in music are the same way. Well, you yeah. know, you do see, you do see a lot of. Co- well, I actually used to play in a duo, and I dated the guy that was in the duo with me, so uh-huh. it did not work out <laughs> for us. But he is one of my very <laughs> best friends. So we we joke that we have this really unorthodox relationship where, like, he and my husband, you know, when we moved to Nashville, like, they went house shopping and then to dinner and a movie, and then followed it up with ice cream together. So it's one big happy family in a not weird way, right? Like, <laughs> but we had a business together, you know, while we, and, and it was that family yeah. where it's like, you know, just like doing all these things together. Mm-hmm. And, oh, and as awesome. you see with our show, you never know where it's going to go. <laughs> I actually love learning about you guys. It's awesome. <laughs> so, um, what's something quirky about you? We we love the answers to this one. Oh my gosh, there's so many things. I can't not dance if I hear music. So it doesn't matter where I am. So, um, and and fortunately, my husband is the same, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he gets me. Oh, wow. Like. For instance, like we can be just a, you know, in a public place, like in an elevator, and a song comes on, I start dancing, and he's like, "What's that?" I'm like, "It's an elevator dance." He's like, "Oh yeah," and he just joins in. So you know, he's a great match for me because he he understands. So like middle is Target, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. really, it could be anywhere. But I and my kids are the same way, which you know you could expect it from kids. It's a, it's a little odd when a grown woman might just you know. And I'm not saying that it's good <laughs> dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so it's probably really difficult living in Nashville because every, everywhere you are, there's music. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know how everybody in Nashville is, like, too cool for school when they're at shows? Because everyone's uh-huh. a writer, a musician, a publisher, or something. And mm-hmm. so I feel bad sometimes for musicians playing shows in Nashville because it's so mm-hmm. hard to get the audience into it. You go anywhere else, and people just have mm-hmm. this appreciation for what they're seeing. And a lot of times in Nashville, I mean, I've been guilty of it before, where you're sitting there sort of like analyzing something in a way that you wouldn't if you weren't a songwriter <laughs> or, a, you know. And, and so uh-huh. it's like sometimes hard, I think, in Nashville to uh, get an audience like really hyped up. And I'm like that nerd in the audience who's always like <laughs> like dancing and yeah, so if you need an audience, you know, I plan, get, I'm your girl. I get exactly <laughs> what you're saying there because I remember when Sin and I first married. I've been in Savannah since 14 years old. My dad was military before that, so we were it's only stable places here. And I think we were 31. I was 31 when we married, so I've been in Savannah most of my life when we married 17 years ago. And I remember the first time she visited because. She was from Kentucky. I'm from Georgia, and we met online back in '02. And um, I remember when she came down; she's never seen the ocean. So I got to, ex- and it's that's something that I've always seen. I took it for granted. So yeah, I, for sure. So so it, so it was like I got to see the ocean through her eyes, and that was one of the most amazing. Aww. And then she was, and then I've never been at, at, at the Tybee Lighthouse, and she's like, "Well, let's go in that." Okay, and now granted, 
when we got halfway up it, she was like, well, this was probably a mistake. Yes, it was a lot of stairs, a lot. <laughs> so I wasn't going to make it to the top of it, <laughs> but we did. <laughs> yeah, it is weird how you, you really can take things for granted that you see all the time. I'm a little like that when I watch movies, too, just having worked mm-hmm. in television and film. It takes a little uh-huh. bit more to suspend my disbelief. You know, I, I'm like, oh, wow. I, and But then when, when someone does really move me when I'm watching something, I have such an appreciation mm-hmm. for it because I understand, you know, what they've yeah. done. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. So, but anyway, yeah, dancing. That's I guess, and, my, and I get moved really course. easy, whether it's, it could be music, it could be movies. Uh, <laughs> I'll be the first one in tears before Sandy. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good quality. You're sensitive. It is. But 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 I think that part of that quality came because of all the addictions. Because you know when you study up on what addictions does to people, it really changes you more emotional. Really, that that's interesting. I mean, I definitely get more emotional when I'm drinking. <laughs> so, <laughs> but 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 that does make sense. You probably just have to get in touch with your emotions in a different way and just have a different appreciation. Even for your life, you probably have a different appreciation for your life, having overcome exactly. that and, you know, having Sandy help you through it. It's, uh, it's like a whole new perspective. And I think that's what's made our marriage so powerful out there because, again, we've been to the bottom. And we've come out. Yeah. And so, so we, you know, we take, you know, like a, a lot of people, they get in this rut when they're living. You know, we live in Savannah, Georgia right now. We're planning on moving to Nashville next year. But right now we live in Savannah, Georgia. And we, you know, we go to Charleston for a day or Jacksonville for the day. And we, and we do that two or three times a month just to get away from the hustle and bustle. Just And, and it's only two hours away. So we're great day trips. So we shoot down there just enjoy, and little Chris loves those trips. And that and that was something that we were really really missing, you know, because of all this virus. Until last week, last weekend we did a weekend getaway in Jacksonville. We was like, you know what? We're going. Florida is open. We're going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everyone I know is in Florida, or just got back from Florida, or is about to go to Florida. <laughs> and oh, on yes, Monday we're, we're nice going back there. for the day. Yeah, for Memorial you Day. Know, we've, just we've the thought day. about it. Oh yeah. Oh, I wonder what it's going to be like. I wonder if it's going to be busy. It probably it's will be, be. Right? I mean, I mean <laughs> because it was pretty busy this past weekend. It was. Um, now it wasn't as now it wasn't as packed as I thought it would be, but it was. But it, but now, granted, when you walk down Jack's Beach, um, the bars and all that, there ain't no social distancing happening there. None. It, it was <laughs> very busy. Very. <laughs> so, so so we're like, if the virus is among those. Some are going to get it because I mean, they all have it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> well, I still believe in being you, safe, you, but I want to enjoy life too. Yeah, yeah. And it is, there's this instinct for sure, but there's an instinct that kicks in when you're around other people, and I don't think mm. it's that people intend to break those boundaries. It's that but, the right. the appropriate amount of yeah. space between two people to have a conversation mm-hmm. and the hugging and the handshaking and all that stuff is so ingrained in us. It's natural. That, and it we're is. so starved for that right now. Yeah, that we're yeah. Uh, it, it's just such an awkward thing. We've even had we've had some work done on our house while we've been mm-hmm. quarantined, and 
Mm -hmm. We found that some people are like, okay, go ahead and step six feet back for me to step in the door and their masks and everything. And other people just kind of like walk in and you're sort of like, uh, like, do I say something? Do I roll with it? Uh, I'm not, like, I don't know how worried. It's just so confusing. And uh, and then you feel like you're being rude if you ask someone to, it's just a whole, what a weird, weird world it is right now. (laughs) Yes. So, so what drives you when when you're looking at Corey in the mirror? What drives you? Uh, well, I mean, right now at this stage of my life, it's really you know my family, um, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. you know getting up for my my babies every day, and mm-hmm. um, and being you know a happy person for them, um, and for me, part of that is also having my things that are my things, you know, whether that's, mm-hmm. you know, the career stuff, the aspirational stuff. Um, I'm a better mom when I have that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I can focus on, which is obviously been hard during quarantine, you know, you become like an immediate <laughs> homeschool teacher while you're, while you also have all this work that has and to be done. And we've that's, always homeschooled low Chris. Yeah. Well, even again, like the quarantine is just life for you guys. So that's nice. And I, I do know quite a few people. Yeah, I know quite a few people that are like that, and they're like, ah, this is no big deal. Like, this, is, this is fine. Um, <laughs> all you people need to stop whining. Uh, and actually, the homeschool thing is interesting because all the people that I know who do it, they, they're like, you guys are working way too hard. You think you need to do way too much. You think you have to have yeah, this whole it. school day mapped out. Just like just like spend a couple hours on curriculum and then they that's can play. That's what and, we do. Um, yeah, we make it flexible. That's great. Yeah, and, and we you were, know if you can have kind of a fluid. And we was yeah, going to private schooling for like third grade for the next, next year. But because of all this, we're like, you know what? We'll homeschool one more I year and then we'll get you in private school. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're in the groove already. And who knows? Like we, they might open things up and then close them again. You might as well just keep things exactly. consistent at home. Yeah, but yeah, that's a, that's really, you know, happy family. That's my life phase right now, and it's my number one priority. And um, making mm-hmm. sure that you know I'm kind of doing what I need to do for me while also supporting my husband and being there for my kids. And um, as much as my husband and I both work, we also, you know, we don't have a nanny. We don't have, you know, it, it's us. Like we mm-hmm. want, you know, that. And, and yeah. it's like, it just, it's whatever works for your family. Some people know when they have kids, okay, I know I'm going to have a nanny because I'm going to be a better parent uh, or my career just doesn't allow it or whatever. And yeah. uh, it, it's sometimes a struggle because of that decision, but it was also important mm-hmm. to us, um, you know? Uh, and yeah. so, so that's, that's yeah. really, that's really what, what gets me up. It's like, you know, can't wait to, you know, pick the one and a half year old up out of his crib in the morning. He's like the happiest dude ever. It's like hard to, <laughs> It's hard to have a bad day when you when you wake up. You know you can be so cranky, and then I'm like, oh, but dude, but you're so cute. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and and family is a part, big part of it for us, because of course, being 24/7 family, uh, we you know, uh, you know, also with the show, I, you know, we really lost our way for a little while. We actually originally launched New Country Buzz back in 2014. Um, Ran it for about a year before and before we shut it down. But before we shut it down, we did get to interview Kelsey Ballerini, which was pretty cool. Before everybody knew who she was, that's awesome. Um, She's great. <laughs> but we did end up shutting it down. Um, just got too much. It was other personal reasons and all that. 
And I remember it was like a piece of me died that day. And for three years, I, I, I always thought, what if? What if we just kept it? So finally, by the end of 2018, I told Sandy, we got to finish what we started. I was like, nobody's never bought the domain New Country Buzz. Now, if somebody would have bought that domain up, we probably wouldn't be doing this. But nobody never bought it. And I was like, you know what? We like a sign. Yep, and she yeah. was like, let's do it. Because every six months, I would look up on GoDaddy, and nope, nobody's bought it. Six months, oh, nope, that's how much it was in me. And then I was like, okay, um, let's relaunch. Had no idea we were going to do a show, and we built the foundation of New Country Buzz last year. And in the last year, I was like, okay, time to take it next level. Let's do a show where we interview people. And Sandy's like, well, what would we call it? And I'm like, well, the Chris and Sandy show, what else would we call it? And she's like, well, nobody knows who, who we – it's funny because nobody knows who we are. I'm like, yeah. well, it worked for Ty Bentley. It worked for um, Bobby Bones. Cause I, that was my exact words to her. And I was like, well, it worked yeah, for us. It was. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and, they don't and know you till they so, know you. And here we are. That's right. You're our 98th person that we brought on the show. Oh, this year, since almost January 3rd. That's a, that's a, you, that's a lot. It, Congratulations, fact, guys. That's in amazing. In fact, what's funny is you were number 100. Yeah, oh, but, yeah? But, it's going to be, yeah. <laughs> but, but because well, we had one kid. move the time? Well, when you moved the time, you moved it 100 to 99. Then we had a cancellation also, which moved you to 98. Right. <laughs> Was I going to get like a big prize, you guys? Was there going to be like a – were you guys going to have like balloons and stuff? I don't know what we we're going to do, but because I, I was like, right now, because Sandy knows how much I look up to Ty Bentley, and I was like, oh yeah, I was like, I just did the math. Corey's number one hundred. Because <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't see that wasn't like planned. It was yeah, you know, it wasn't planned. And, and then when you moved back, I'm like, uh, I was like, yeah, I got to go find somebody else to add. I was seriously yeah. thinking about adding another person, <laughs> and and then we get a to, cancellation. To stick with a hundred. Uh, yeah, we, we, we get a cancellation, <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I guess I'll just yeah. I'm not adding two more people." Well, you know, I did ask you guys a couple of questions, so technically, mm-hmm. you guys could be 90, 98 and ninety nine. There you go. Well, yeah, there you go. <laughs> that works. So, so when so when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Oh, wow. Uh, you know, I've been really lucky to have a lot of those. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have a couple that stand out. Um, for television mm-hmm. and film, it's when um, I went to – to New York to shoot, shoot a show for the WB with this mm-hmm. amazing producer named Tom Fontana, who's just a, just a brilliant creator. And uh, it was a moment when, you know, I'd, I'd done a lot of television and film in Atlanta. I had gone to LA. I was doing some guest stars and some independent films, but that was sort of the moment where I got to do something on another level. And it really felt like, a, like, a, you know, and I, and I did another film right yeah. at the same time. And it was just a really exciting oh, wow. time for my television and film career. And then I always wanted an excuse to move to New York. And that gave me that excuse. Um, and it was just a yeah. magical time. I mean, I loved living in New York I loved mm-hmm. everybody that I was working with. Unfortunately, it was a short-lived show. Um, and then, and then I think my other, you know, 
Oh, you know, talking career-wise, because obviously if you go family, then it's, you know, my husband and my kids. But yeah, um, but the other the mm-hmm, other most, most favorite things that I've done is go overseas and perform for our troops um, in Kuwait and Iraq. And I did three oh, of awesome. those tours um, with my band, Broke Down Cadillac, and we would go for, you know, a week and a half and tour mm-hmm. a bunch of bases, big and small, and just meet hundreds and hundreds of troops and um, I have a ton of family that's military and it was such a big deal to be able to go and say thank you in person and then the 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 returned gratitude where they were thanking us for being there and we're like hey guys like we're here for 10 days you know you're here for a year at a time and and and, you know the Mm -hmm. I think it's it's really rare in life when you get to do something that um is really giving back and then you're also mm-hmm. just getting so much in return. Yeah. Um, and I still, I still keep in touch with um, some of the people that I met there and, uh, um, and I just, that will forever stay, um, wow. uh, you know, a favorite moment. And then, uh, mm-hmm. and then my most recent moment that sticks out is that I have a song coming out <laughs> next month um, mm-hmm. that is really a song for my dad who is, you know, oh, wow. really the source of my, you know, my, my musical, like back, you know, I, I grew up watching him perform mm-hmm. and was very inspired by him and very encouraged by him. And I am to this mm-hmm. day, I'm very tight with him. And uh, I was able to bring my sister and my dad in to collaborate with me. So oh, um, wow. the day that we went in wow. and we recorded that song and we did a behind the scenes video and that right now is the thing <laughs> I'm most excited about. Oh, that is really awesome. Now, we talked about some of the highs. I, you know, I'm one of the hosts that like to go the other way, some of the lows, some of the sacrifices, some of the struggles, because um, I think that most people don't hear that side of it enough. They, they think that being an artist is just glamorous. They look at Blake Shelton or Miranda or Carrie and all that, and they see this glamorous lifestyle. But me and you both know that's just not the case, especially for an independent. And, we're, and I'm going to tell a little story to help lead us into where I want this, this part to go. Um, back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that time, they were full-time in music. One of my questions to her was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And she said, coming from an, a full-time artist, this is going to sound funny, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because once you try to make it a career, it's a game changer. She goes, yes, it's still your passion, but it's also your job, and you have to treat it like a job. You can't treat it just when you want to do it, when you don't want to do it. She goes, you could have the worst day today, but if you've got a gig tonight, you've got to be on that stage smiling and playing songs that you may hate. No matter what, you can't cry about it. You can, you've got to just get up there and do it. She goes, the, the whole family has to – she goes, she goes, me and my daughter are the front runners of the band. She goes, but our whole family has to sacrifice to help us get to where we need to go. It's not just us. It's the whole family. She goes, the struggles we go through, we have to eat different. We have to sleep there because when you're on that stage for four hours, you have to have the energy. You have, you have to do life different than everybody. And she goes, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way those type of sacrifices ever will be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit on that side of it. Oh, I definitely think it's true. Um, you can look at my sister and I as sort of a case study of that, where we both grew up in the entertainment industry. And 
I put a lot of work in um, for very little return. You know, it's a lot mm-hmm. of risk, and you have no mm-hmm. idea whether, you know, it's going to pay off. Um, yeah. And my sister was like, <laughs> no, no. I want to know that <laughs> if I put X number of hours in, I'm getting paid X dollars. And it's not only – it's not even – yeah, I mean, so you have to you have to really be committed to it because, yeah, you hear your stories of someone, you know, if it's, you know, someone, like, getting a major record deal and, like, taking off or uh, walking in and booking their first audition. But those are the, the very rare stories. Yeah. Most of the time it takes a ton of perseverance, and it's then when you work really hard and it's when that preparation meets opportunity. And sometimes mm-hmm. that just has to be a, some luck. And, um, you know, sometimes it's a major crapshoot. I know so many ridiculously talented people. And the fact of the matter is, even those people you were mentioning, your Blake Shelton's, I mean, Taylor Swift, yeah, her life is glamorous sometimes, but, man, that girl works her butt off. I mean, yep. these, these, the these people that you see, yeah, these people that you see um, in the media all the time, uh you know, their lives are, are, are hectic, they're not private, and they're working all the time. And, and like what you, you know, to your point, um, it's not even just about the work, it's about keeping yourself in that kind of, you know, fighting condition, whether that's your voice, mm-hmm. you know, like for some of these, like, for some of these people, you know, Dwayne Johnson, <clears throat> like his body, you know, it's like, <laughs> they're working yeah. so hard. Um, and, or J- so, so J-Lo's butt, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. But, damn, yeah. does she look good or what? I mean, geez. Because um, I've heard but, she's got an insurance policy on her butt. That's the craziest I've thing I ever heard. It's crazy. crazy. <laughs> but the other side of that, you know, yes, you have to work really hard. And, um, and I, my, my dad, you'll probably hear me talk about my dad. I tend to do that. Um, but, but he good. really instilled in me that, yeah, you know, he really instilled in me that regret is much more painful than failure. You know, you can try and fail, mm-hmm, but sitting mm-hmm. around wishing you tried is a much harder thing to do. Yep. Um, and, yeah. and I kind of lived by that. And, and he's like, hey, go to L.A., try it out. Come home. It doesn't <laughs> oh, work wow. Out. And, um, <laughs> and, and that's not, you know, and, and so I literally threw a guitar in the car, drove to L.A. I didn't have a place to live. Looking oh, wow. back, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they let me do, like, my parents let me do that. <laughs> what? Wow. I mean, I was in my early twenties. I'd, I'd save some money. I did working. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that, that was really cool to have parents that supported, but the fact of the matter, outside, outside of that, out, yeah, it's true. Um, outside of working that hard, it, it's a lot of rejection. Um, mm-hmm. It's a lot of picking yourself back up. It's a lot of having to um, find your worth from inside you can't mm-hmm. look outside for it because um, people are going to tell you you're not good enough. People are going to turn you away. People are going to, you know, you know there's going to be auditions you don't get. There's going to be songs that don't get cut. There's going to be, it's, it's going, you're going to have a lot more of that than you are like, mm-hmm. Oh, you booked this show. This person's cutting your song. Um, you know, you, you booked this TV, this film thing. There's a lot more of the other side of it. And if you, mm-hmm. If you um, let that dictate your mood every day, you're going to be a really unhappy person. <laughs> you're going to be emotional roller coaster. So, yeah, really. Um, and there's a lot of creative people who battle that. And I think it's important to be really grounded and, and know exactly who you mm-hmm. are and exactly why 
you know, where your self-worth comes from. And it has to be above, like a protective bubble around that where, yeah. you know, it's, it's really it's about having thick skin um, and mm. not becoming, you know, a gross, envious, uh, competitive person because of that. Um, so, so I think those, you know, the, the work ethic and then the thick skin are just such mm. a huge part of being, doing anything, you know, that's a creative oh, endeavor. And, 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 you know, yeah. when you talked about the um, whole <clears throat> not looking back, I lived that for a little while because I've always lived the life to where I would rather die trying than, than to live with regret. I've always lived my life. I mean, like even with, with the way Sandy and I married, I mean, we met online on February 2nd of 02. We talked on the phone for the did first time. Did you swipe February. right on her? Did, did, did what? I said, did you swipe right on her? <laughs> uh, like the, before that, that before technology like, for that. That's like the way. The I, I mean, I'm not familiar, but I always, I always think it's interesting. Friends who are online dating now, you know, they have these apps where you swipe left or swipe right. You know, well, and swipe right is like you hey, like that. Yeah, this was yeah. back in '02 when there was no smartphones. We we just had yeah. the internet, and, and it was a Christian singles website. And I remember February 2nd, I met her online. February 4th, this, mm-hmm. this is going to sound crazy, but February 4th, we talked on the phone for the first time. February 18th, we set a wedding date. March 4th, we met in person. So she flew down here to meet who she was going to marry. Yeah. And we kept that same and, wedding date. And the day, we just knew that God brought us together for a week. And I really believe that because of our belief in God at that, that time, <clears throat> that that's what held her solid but ground when um when it was tough for my addictions because if it weren't for that I think sure. even like most women would have just left but she just she always felt like there's a reason we're together she just knew that and we're we're learning that now because it's funny because when we first married I wanted to be this big motivational speaker she wanted to be somehow into music never realized 17 years later. I'd get to speak, and she'd get to be in music all under the same umbrella, our show. That's so yeah. cool. It's like not exactly what it was going to be, but it's still that. But, you know, it's yeah, better. It because, yeah. Because, again, we get to meet people like you. Get, get, you know, we've had, you know, we've had, of course, you on now. We've had Anna Christina Cash on. We've had Carlene Carter on. We have Georgette Jones on. We've had people on in this short time that I, t- I, I, I tell Sandy at night, I can't believe these people are coming on our show this early. You know, a year or two down the yeah. road, I could see it. But, you know, this early in our show, I mean, the show just launched January 3rd. But we have put so much, and like you were saying about the work, I tell you, uh, almost 100 shows in a little over four months. That's tough. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of shows. I, I, And, you know, you guys are doing it with kids at home and um, that's it, you know, it's, it, it, it speaks to your work ethic and your dedication to what you're doing because, and again, like that's, it's the perseverance, you know, it's the perseverance that is, I think more than anything, you can have somebody who is just like this ridiculous talent. And if they don't put the work in and show up, um, they're going to be surpassed by somebody who is like showing up every day and putting that work in. Yeah. <laughs> because I've always, you know, I've always been taught in the business world that, that you don't have to have the best talent. You just got to have the most work, and you'll beat the one with talent who doesn't work. 
every time. I I think that is very largely true. I mean, there there is some talent that's just undeniable, but you know, I think mm-hmm. there's probably a heck a lot of heck of a lot of talent in you know like somebody sitting in their bedroom that and maybe that's their choice if that's their choice that's a totally different thing but somebody who really wants (laughs) uh you know Mm -hmm. wants something and doesn't necessarily put that time doesn't have that work ethic uh you can be the most talented person in the world and if no one ever sees Mm -hmm. it or hears it it's like you know it's like whatever that thing is if a tree falls you know (laughs) or whatever Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) what's funny about all this though is um you're talking about that we were prepared for this and just never realized it um, because our show averaged about 60, sometimes even longer, but usually 60 minutes is average on our show because I wanted to give people time to actually get parts of their story out, make it a conversation. I didn't want 20 minutes, 10 minutes of talk. I was like, that's not enough. Let's give artists enough time so we can have a conversation, a dialogue between each other. Um, I didn't want it to be your average show, but for years, and Sandy used to roll her eyes about this, but through the 17 years of marriage, We'd be on the street, and I'm not talking running into friends. I'm talking running into strangers. If, if she hears me strike up a conversation with somebody, and it even goes a little deep, she knows it's 60 minutes. We're not leaving that conversation. <laughs> oh, yeah, this has happened many times. <laughs> and, and I've done this thousands of times in our 17 years of marriage, thousands. And every time I could tell her eyes kind of roll a little bit, and she's like, oh, we got to go. And I'm like, I know, I know, but I'm in this. But 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 I'm in this conversation here. You know, they're in. You know, and then we go back and forth. And and now I don't do this part no more. But but four or five years ago, it was um, probably or I say about ten years ago, it would always go political, and she would know then it's over. We're there for hours. (laughs) Oh yeah. Because because then they put. She's like, babe, I'll see you later. Yeah, I've kind of learned to pick my battles now. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. fight politically anymore. I, you know, I'm like, no. you know what? You can believe what I don't believe, and I can believe what you don't believe, and that's fine. We can, we can agree to disagree. Yeah. I've, I've learned to do that. But, we've, but I've had thousands of conversations with people that just never knew that now I, – because I always joke with Sasha, God, if I could ever make, get paid to talk – We'd be rich. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe the day we come, hopefully, hopefully one day our show ends up having sponsors and all that. Yeah. You know, so we're trying to build towards that. And, you know, we're well, doing congratulations. show every That's day. A, it's a big deal. <laughs> but, yeah, um, we're about to take a real quick commercial break, and then we're going to play your song, Rosé All Day. Love, love, love that song. And we're going to talk about the song. Oh, yes, that. we do. Thank you, guys. All right, hang on. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry, The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. 
The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at the sportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out. Oh yeah, thank great you so song. much. You, you, you can you. hear that on the radio. You can really hear that on the radio. Oh, absolutely. I appreciate it so much, you guys. Thank you. <laughs> so, where did that song come from? Tell us the story behind it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so, that song I wrote with Kristen Hall and Haley Witters. So Haley is also an artist, and she's amazing um, and doing lots of really cool things right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kristen Hall, I have known for a really long time. Um, We wrote together uh, on the first Sugarland album. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, kind of kept in touch over the years and realized we both lived in Nashville. So we started writing together on a weekly basis. She was calling it Tuesdays with Corey. And, uh, and so we've been writing a bunch of songs together. And, and she's the one who set up the write with Haley. And it was really the, the writing session, you know, like sometimes somebody has an idea. Sometimes you figure it out in the room. But mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. we kind of had this idea of a song about silver linings, you know, the silver linings of a breakup. <laughs> and, yeah. and then we kind of landed on this, this Rose All Day thing and, um, and yeah. just thought it was such a fun song. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I work with BMI and Mason Hunter over at BMI with her mm-hmm. song and we thought it would be a great fit for a winery. And so I ended yeah. up partnering with, Dow Vineyards, which is a winery that is BMI's exclusive wine partner. They loved the song. They had a new rosé coming out, and and they're really looking to support artists um, mm-hmm. because they say that uh, mm-hmm. that crafting a song is pretty much like crafting a wine, which is so interesting to me. Yeah. And oh, um, cool. and as a wine lover and a music lover, getting to put those two things together was you know fun for me. And so they were just incredibly supportive as, uh, of me as an artist and. Um, and brought me out to the vineyard to shoot a video, and I called my my friend from my uh, television and film career, who's this amazing director, Andy Fickman, mm-hmm. um, and had him come direct the music video. So it was really like a meeting of worlds, which okay. was so much fun for me. Um, and then to oh, just, yeah. you know, we had all these big plans for the song release. There was going to be a ton of travel and a huge party <laughs> here in Nashville, and we had mm. these massive plans that, of course, all went by the wayside because of uh, the pandemic. But mm. we decided to go ahead and release the song, number one, because wine yeah. sales are gangbusters right now. Yeah. Everybody's like, <laughs> send them a bottle of wine quarantine. Um, but also because, I mean, when, when all this first happened, I thought, well, like, is it a good time to release a feel-good summer song? And then when we <laughs> realized that this whole situation was going to be you know, somewhat ongoing, we -hmm. just kind of decided that putting some happiness into the world um, wasn't a bad idea. And then the song's about silver linings, and I feel like right now we're all trying to find that. You know, yes, we all stuck at home, but what does that mean? Okay, I'm getting to watch my six-year-old in action and watch him read, and I had no idea Mm -hmm. he could read like he can. You know, there's these, (laughs) like, you know, these these little silver linings all the time. And that's what the mm-hmm. song the is. Song right so there. in a way, yeah, um, yeah. So in a way, I feel like it was kind of like this fitting, fitting timing. Um, and hopefully, mm-hmm. when people hear it, you know, it's fun and they feel happy and good. And that's my whole goal with, you know, anything I put out into the world. So, um, yeah. So yeah. So one thing I like to do too is I always like to recognize the team behind the artist because. A lot of people, they see you as the artist, but they never hear about any PR people. They never hear about the managers, never hear about any producers, nothing. They just see the artist, so they don't get no recognition. So take one or two minutes and just tell us about the team that's behind you that's helped you get to where you are. Are you there? Up there you are. No. Yeah, yes, we're here. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I lost you guys for a second. <laughs> yes. We're like, oh, did you hear the question, or did you lose? lose or did, I, did you lose I think before were, the question? I heard up until you were asking about the the team behind the music, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. well, behind you, as an artist, because you know, a lot of times 
um, fans don't they don't get to hear anything about the people but to help make the, mm-hmm. help the artists do what they do. And I like to give some recognition to the people behind the artists too. So tell us a little bit. Take one or two minutes just to tell a little bit about the people behind you. Yeah, of course. Well, you know, for for my television film career, I'm really lucky to have um, a a longtime manager, uh, Michael Garnett, and a team of agents. And then on the music side, it's really about the music community here in Nashville and the people that that entails. Mm -hmm. It's about my co-writers, you know, Kristen Hall and Haley Witters, who wrote this song with me, uh, a, a ton of other amazing writers I'm lucky to work with. The producer on this song, Chad Carlson, is a longtime friend and just a super, super talented guy. And I just think he took this song to another level uh, with the production of it. And, mm. um, and you know, the, and again, like this, you know, this winery putting their support behind me and creating a platform for me and, um, and becoming, you know, they've become like family to me. My friend who's yeah. Andy Fixman who showed up, I was out there at this vineyard and I couldn't believe, you know, I have, I have four super close girlfriends. One of them is my sister. And, and they all found someone to take care of their kids and flew out to a winery. Those people you see in the music video are my <laughs> true friends. And they showed up for me. And, yeah. And, and in a lot of ways, you know, I, I, do, a, I do a ton of stuff on mm-hmm. my own. So I don't have – I don't currently have a PR company behind me, a marketing mm-hmm. company behind me, a music manager. I do a ton. And I, I've done that for a long time, like for all the sync licensing I've done. I do all the licenses. Mm. I do all the admin. So I – and I've been running my own, you know, entertainment corporation for, uh, you know, almost 20 years now. So I do mm. a lot of the behind-the-scenes stuff that I think a lot of people don't. Um, but a yeah. lot of that is because it's what makes sense for me right now. Yeah. It, it means that I can put more money behind the production of the songs. And, um, and that to me is important right now. And then I Mm -hmm. really, my husband, Ty is, Mm -hmm. you know, and my family are really, really the behind the scenes people who, who allow me to do this by supporting me by, you know, Mm -hmm. creating the space in our life that's very busy for me to pursue this, you know, creative endeavor. Um, Mm -hmm. And it really, you know, and, and Ty is the one who, is like this is what you were made to be doing, and he's really honest <laughs> and man. very direct. And he's he's not like he's not like the cheerleader who's jumping up and down like yeah you're so amazing. <laughs> it's not that. It is it is it's meaningful when he supports me because um, yeah. you know he's honest and 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 I love mm-hmm. that. So I know when he says something um, that I believe it, and so his support of me and 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 the music I'm writing for other artists and the and the music that I'm doing for myself like it's it's really mm-hmm. um it's really the biggest piece for me that is really awesome so I always like to get a parent story out tell us a moment now granted you I know you told us one moment where they told you to go to LA that was huge but tell us one more moment to where your parents did something above and beyond where you were like, wow, they really believe in this dream I got. Yeah. Um, I'm, there are so many. My, my parents are amazing. <laughs> I, I am super, super, super lucky. Um, <laughs> you know, some of the formative stuff is when I was younger. I did a TV mm. show called Seed Your Mind when I was um, a teenager. And 
one of the most formative times of my life was I was 16 years old and the TV show was basically like a adventure learning show. So they would take myself mm-hmm. and my co-host, Jonte Austin, who's actually, <clears throat> an, he's a, uh, in the music industry and just an amazing, amazing songwriter and artist who, who actually full circle thing. Like we just recently did a song together. Um, but when I was doing this show, uh, it started out, you know, we were, we were traveling to places domestically, you know, we'd go to like the, yeah. you know, space camp or something. Well, then this opportunity came up for us to travel to Kenya. And um, I remember this, this message on my parents answering machine with our producer saying that, she wanted me to go to Africa and I was 16. I was a full-time high school student and they wanted me to go to Africa for two weeks. And most parents would have, and, and, and I was 16 (laughs) so I could travel without my parents. Mm -hmm. So it was going to be just me and my producer and director and my co-host and his mom, because he was younger and most parents would have been like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> she has school. She's not traveling, you know, she's not traveling around the world by herself. And my parents yeah. were like, okay, yeah, you should do this. And that time oh, wow. I spent, I, you know, if I, can, if I can give my kids a similar experience, I mean, I try to do that in little ways, you know, where mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you just, there can be such a a sense of taking things for granted that you can see in your Mm -hmm. kids, which everyone goes through. But for me, it wasn't like, it wasn't wasn't like we had this crazy, you know, crazy privileged life, but you know, I had Mm. all my basic needs covered and then to go and, and, but you know, but I did have friends. I lived in suburbia and there were a lot of people that had more than we did, bigger, better houses, more, you know, but like Mm -hmm. I had like the knockoff Timberlands and to me that mattered at that Mm -hmm. moment. You know, yeah. and then you go, and yeah. you see how other people, yeah, you, you see how other people are living. And I met, I'm, I met, you know, teenage girls my age who were like, well, how do you find food to eat for lunch every day? Mm. And, you know, I'm like, oh, I just pack my lunch and drive my car to school. And mm. I, I didn't say that, of course, but, mm. yeah. but I'm thinking, man, yeah. I, it was so eye opening and so yeah. it, it really formed me into the person that I became. Um, It gave me a whole other level of appreciation for, you know, it just gave me perspective. And Mm -hmm. my parents letting me do that, trusting me to do that, trusting the producers that I traveled with um, at that time changed my life. So I really, I really, I'm not sure I would do the same thing. I'd be like, no, no, I'm going to keep you, I'm just going to helicopter over you. And you're going to stay right here in this little bubble. And and some of the things that happened while I was traveling, I mean, would have terrified mm-hmm. my parents. We had all kinds oh, of crazy God. experiences. Um, but they said when I came back, they're like, you know, you came back different in a good way. You know, you just oh, came wow. back, you were always a sweet kid, but like you just came back wise or whatever, you know, and, 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 and yeah. I have to like give it to my parents for allowing mm-hmm. that experience to happen. That's really awesome. And, and because we believe in family so much too, um, we always let our eight year old always like to lead in. That's why I always ask a parent question. Cause then we lead in with our eight year old and I, I get on here. Cause he always like to ask the question to each artist and he gets upset. I love that. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cause I think like, Almost all but maybe three episodes he's been able to do that with. Um, but it's been pretty cool letting him do that. Because I've always believed that, you know, if you want to inspire passion and purpose in your kids, they have a front row seat to your life. They need to see you living yours out. And I think that's 
Hopefully that's what we're doing with him and, and Caitlin when she gets older. And we're plugging her in when she – you know, she's only 14 months, but if she can do it at two, she's plugged in. <laughs> oh, yes. Sure. Here's Christopher. Yeah. Here. Hi, Corey. What's your favorite food? My favorite food? Yep. Uh, cake. Mm. Like cake with lots of icing. <laughs> and what's yours, though, Chris? A pizza. Oh, you know what? That's one of my favorites, too. What kind of pizza do you like? Uh, pepperoni. Yes! Me, too! That's my favorite one! In fact, I think I'm going <laughs> to eat some cake today, and now I might just have to eat some pepperoni pizza, too. <laughs> okay, yeah, bye. He, 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 could eat, he could eat pizza lunch. Breakfast, dinner, you name it. He could eat it all day long. Well, you know, I'm part of pizza breakfast. Cold pizza breakfast. <laughs> and and you see he comes and goes quick. But yeah, but again, he loves his little part and you know, he he's in all every show. So one day when he's got yeah. his little girlfriend he'll be able to say, Hey, she's he's been in every show of ours. Exactly. <laughs> For right. sure. That is so cute. <laughs> so if, if you could co write with anyone dead or alive who would it be and what would you want to write about i really want to write a song with my six-year-old <laughs> oh <laughs> that's awesome this, Love that. i do that's, that, that would, would be, be cool that, though he's yeah. he loves loves to play music he's so musical and he knows he can hear a song mm. that i've written one time and then sing it and he'll he'll oh, start wow. singing a song that he that I haven't even recorded that he will you know mm-hmm. if I'm writing with someone at the house and he happens to overhear a month later he'll start singing mm-hmm. that song and I'm like I barely remember I wrote that song how <laughs> oh, how wow. can you how do you remember that hook and he <laughs> he it, he has this he has this sort of like alter ego called Red Race Car that's like this red yeah. car that can transform into all these other oh, things cool. and he keeps talking about. He keeps talking about wanting to write a red race car song. And yeah, there you go. Yeah. So I I feel like if we can actually write a cool red race car song together, I <laughs> that would be so much fun for me. I did this for Father's Day for Ty. Uh-huh. It's been like four <laughs> years now because Radley was two. But I did this song that I wrote at the time, but it was called Rad Dad. Because his name's Radley, we call him Rad. So it was like, my name is Rad, and I love my dad. And we did this whole music video to it, and he was so adorable. And so I kind of want to reinvent that, but let Radley (laughs) write the song with me, co-write with Rad. Like, that is what what I want to do. That's really awesome. awesome. We love that. So I'm about to ask ask a question, and I'm going to – the way I'm wording it has a purpose behind it. Of course, everything I ask has a purpose. But I'll, after I ask it, I'll tell you why I'm asking it in this way. But if you had a magic wand right now, and what you're about to say would 100% come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I ask it this way is because this past February made five years that we asked that exact same question to Kelsey Ballerini. And her exact answer to us, was the exact way she's living right now, five years later. So I, I, I bring that up because I want artists to really think where they really want it. Because, you know, some artists would be like, I just want to be playing music. And, we, you know, I think, it's, I think the vision needs to be deeper than that. 
And so I, I like to bring up that story with Kelsey because she's living, I mean, to the T of what she said to us five years ago. So where do you want to be in five years? Uh, you know, when you're a parent, I think it's even more complicated. Um, if you'd ask <laughs> me that question, you know, when you, if you'd asked me that question when I was 20, I would have said yep. uh, working in television and film, you know, in leading roles mm-hmm. on a consistent mm-hmm. basis. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, but but my criteria, like my my real goal was to – sustain myself with an entertainment career mm-hmm. and that I was able to do and so yeah. I did meet that goal now it's interesting now releasing these creative projects at a whole different point in my life because the fact mm-hmm. of the matter is like this is another thing my dad says to me right because you've done enough for a lifetime and and <laughs> that is an important thing to hear you know he's like you know you've 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 traveled overseas. You've done television and film. You've played for crowds of thousands of people. And sometimes that's a good reminder to me that yeah. it, that everything I've done is enough and, and the rest is icing on the cake. Yeah. So I, I, are there some really specific things I would love? Yes. A big piece of those is healthy, happy children. You know, thriving yeah. children mm-hmm. uh, is such a mm-hmm. big piece of it. I want to, I want to, have kids that want to come home even when they don't have to anymore. That is yeah. such a big piece of my goal right now. And all this other stuff, I just launched a podcast in March, and then I'm releasing mm-hmm. music now. And, a, and, and, a, and really what I want is to, you know, in the beginning of all these, you know, releasing all these things, they take a lot of time and investment mm-hmm. with little to no return. And I yeah. kind of I'm a business minded person. So what I want is to grow those businesses so that yeah. there is a return I on my that. investment and I create <laughs> I create a sustainable business, a sustainable brand yeah. that is yeah. lucrative and helping support my family and creating savings for my family. So that mm-hmm. and then getting to do that with a creative endeavor is the icing. Because yeah. That mm-hmm. is something I love to do, and I think so few people love their work, and yeah. I do. I love my work. I love writing songs for other people. A big goal of mine would be to continue writing for other artists and, and just have a ton of music that I've written with artists that I admire there out there. That's a huge and, and part you, of my goal. And, and, you know, you're talking about the um, many people don't love their work. I've got a great story that I always tell because – because a lot of times people will try to say artists need to get a real job and all that, and I, always, and I try – and I get mad at people for that because I'm like, no, don't tell an artist they need to get a real job. they got something better. they got a passion that they're striving for because people don't get yeah. creative of people a lot of times. And, but I've got and, – and I'm always like, please don't try to steal the, the passion from a creative person because here's what you'll do. I've got friends of mine that are, say, 10, 15 years in their career, and some of them are miserable. And you sit down with them, and and yeah, because cause I've talked with a few where I'm like, well, you've got this great, you've got this great lifestyle, you've got this great family, um, you've got this amazing career, and some of them will stop you and say the career's the problem. And I'm like, well, you, what do you mean the career's the problem? You went to, you know, four years or six years of college for this career. You've been in it for 15 years, 10 years, whatever it was at the time. 
And they're like, no, I never, I never wanted this career. My guidance counselor, my parents, my um, <laughs> friends, yeah. everybody, everybody told me this is where the money's at. Now I'm making the money and I'm miserable. And then because you have to try they, to get happy. Yeah. Yep. And, 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 they, and, they, and, they, and a lot of them are drinking their life away now. A lot of them are, are cheating on their spouses now. And not that that's an excuse, but that, that's a part of when you've lost that passion, that stuff like that happens. <clears throat> and, and it's like if, you know, you've got to at least chase that passion to see so that you can, so that you can have full closure on it. Because if you don't have full closure on it, it's going to eat you alive. Well, that's where that regression comes in, you know. I, yep. And I have friends who I've seen that happen to, that they talked about going to L.A. or talked about putting mm-hmm. a song out or whatever. And, and for whatever reason, they didn't feel like, you know, it was ready or they didn't, they didn't know what was going to happen, you know, fear of the unknown. And, and that's scary. Of course it is. Yep, um, exactly. But I also think it's a really hard thing to live with wishing you had done that. Um, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's also such a thing as a tortured artist. You know, I know plenty of them where they're also tortured by their craft. <laughs> True. So, you know, everybody's path is their own. But, um, yeah. yeah, you know, you, you have to do what's right for you. I'm really lucky, again, to have, you know, a husband who supports what I'm doing and then mm-hmm. also, um, also, you know, is, is very much like, it, you know, I'm not like on my own. You know, this song that I write that I put out doesn't have to pay my mortgage. You know, and that's a scary yeah, exactly. thing, too. It's like, yeah. You know, ha- that kind of pressure makes it really hard to be creative, and mm-hmm. and that's the you know, and so so really, if I can continue to, if I can create um, a, a reason to continue doing this while also supporting my husband and supporting my kids and all that stuff, mm-hmm. like this sounds that really awesome. ridiculous, but like 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 finding the best version of balancing those things as I possibly yeah. can, like that. Mm-hmm. It's, is really what I'm trying to do. That is really awesome, and and, it, and we've got two more questions, so you'll know where we are within this. Um, and then we can let you get back to your family. <laughs> so, yeah. um, let's say you have a friend and you've heard them sing, and they're pretty good, and they even got, and you could tell there's something special about them. And they, you know, this would be pre-COVID advice, of course. I always have to add that in there, <laughs> not, not advice for now, but advice for pre-COVID. Um, and let's say they've played 10 or 20 shows, so they're really just getting their feet wet. But they've gotten on that stage. They've looked over the crowd. The crowd's cheering them on, and they just feel in their heart, this is what I'm supposed to do. And they come to you, and they say, Corey, I've got that stage bug that every artist gets. I feel like I'm supposed to do this. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Do more of what you're doing. I think playing more shows, writing more songs, you I, you think you, you know, you have these nerves that happen when you're in those early phases. Um, and then, you know, like for me, having been on some kind of a stage since I was a kid, for mm-hmm. me, it was sort of relearning who I am as a performer now that I am performing as a solo artist here in Nashville and as a songwriter yeah. doing a lot of writer's rounds and, I had to, after years of an entertainment career, I had to kind of find myself again with just me and a oh, guitar. Wow. I was used to a band behind me or, you know, like at at some point in my career, an orchestra or, a, you know, whatever that might have been. I had to find my voice and find 
the performer in me and, and find my confidence again to get up on a stage with just me and a guitar. But here's what happens. Mm. You, the first time, the first time you're super nervous and you, your nerves can <laughs> like be overwhelming. And then, mm. and then the next time it's like, Oh, that wasn't bad. And then the next mm. time you can actually focus on something other than your nerves and the fact that you might forget your lyrics. And the more you <laughs> do it, it, build, it builds upon itself. You learn yeah. yourself. You learn your audience. And then same thing with songwriting. When I first started mm. songwriting, you know, all the time, you think you're going to have, you think you're going to blow through all your good ideas. And then what happens mm-hmm. is it's like working out. It's like working a muscle, you know, is that the, those muscles get stronger and better and you just have better ideas and you learn how to craft a song in a better way. And you look back at your songs yeah. you wrote, you know, a, a month or a year ago, and you're like, oh, wow, I do nothing, <laughs> you know. And so I, my advice would be if you love it and if you have that sort of like, you know, that special thing, keep doing it. Mm-hmm. But again, back to and the know, thing. And, you know, I remember before we launched this show, I, I asked one of my Nashville friends, what advice would he give us? And I think this is great advice for artists and but really anybody in general. Not, But if I remember – him telling me, he said, I only got one piece of advice for you, and that's be and stay authentic. And he knew how much we looked up to like a Bobby Bones and a Ty Bentley. And he says, you could tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke. And he says, let's say you even pull it off. Let's say you can be the next Ty Bentley. He says, the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out because we've already got Ty. We've already got Bobby. We don't have authentic Chris. He says, when that day comes, you could have a million followers. It don't matter. You'll lose every single one of them because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. He said, but if you stay and be authentic right from the beginning, you may grow slower, but you'll grow right because the right people will come. Oh, yeah, I think that's, that's amazing advice. I My husband is he's a perfect example of that. Ty is exact like he is a kind, funny person in real life and um is exactly the person you, you meet exactly who you would expect to meet. When when we first started dating and and then mm-hmm. I started to meet listeners of his and they would meet me in person and go like, Oh, you're real and you really oh you're really <laughs> pregnant. Oh you're really and, and, um, that was always a, that was always really funny. Um but yeah, I think I think people are really leaning into that right now. Like people really mm-hmm. want that authenticity, mm-hmm. and you find that even across social media. And you know, people are really pulling back the curtain more and more. You know, a decade ago, yeah. um, a lot of artists were sort of like they they weren't accessible. It wasn't until the days mm-hmm. of you know like MySpace, and then now yeah. of course you know Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. TikTok, and, and and Taylor Swift now was an early expected. adopter of that. Like I'm gonna be exactly yeah. who I am to my fans. They're going to mm-hmm. know me, and they're gonna feel like I'm their friend. Um, and, and I think being who you are is a lot easier than, and now that's not always true. Sometimes it's hard to just put who you are (laughs) out there, but in the long term, it seems a heck of a lot easier to, to, to be yourself. And, and and then it's like, if I'm not that person, if I'm not their cup of tea, I'm not even going to try to pretend Uh that I am, but those people (laughs) who are my people, that's true. Even like in friendships, you know, if you can be who you are. The, the older I get, the more direct and honest I am, even in my personal relationships, because um, those are the lasting ones. You know, the, it's like mm-hmm. in a relationship mm-hmm. where when you're young, you might put on this facade 
of uh-huh. who you are. And then it's like, you don't actually <laughs> learn who the other one is until you're like six months yeah. in. And you're like, oh, no, no. Oh, you were just on good <laughs> behavior. Like, this is who you really are. So I think that's true <laughs> for all for all yep, facets For of everything. Life. Yeah, and you know, yeah. and talking about that, who you are, because I'm a talker. That's just me. I like to talk. So I, and I remember when we we interviewed Jeff Coffey, and I remember after we posted it and everything, he shared the interview, and I went back like a day later and seen if he had any comments about. It. And I remember one comment person said, "Great interview, but the host was windy." I had to ask Sandy, <laughs> what does that funny. even mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and she laughed every time I tell this part of the story. She, yeah. I, I was like, what does that even mean? She said, oh, that means you're long-winded. I was like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> my authentic self. I don't think I've ever I, heard Because li- I'm like, <laughs> I, I, can, I can live with that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like you're, you know that's who you are, and – and sometimes people's best qualities yes. are also their worst qualities. You yeah, know? True. <laughs> true. Like, That's absolutely you know, true. You know, sometimes people are super passionate and, like, have this joy that's, like, so yep. overwhelming. And then also it can be, you know, the flip side of that is sometimes you're like, oh, my gosh, calm down. Um, Sandy has and, to do that and to I mean, me. We're all... <laughs> but it's also you would never, like, you know, Sandy, you would never want him to not be exactly who he is, you know, it's like he might stop and talk to someone for, you know, an hour in a parking lot, but like, like taking that away would like, would make him not who he is, which is also what is like, makes him amazing. So be, you be as windy as you want to. (laughs) I appreciate that. So as we get to the last question, um, what I always like to end on, um, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do. Um, we built our show around this. Uh, around asking those questions, and then yeah, you mean this, those are the questions that you know ask in the show. Yeah, some, some of them. Yeah, like, like one of the one of the girls that we interviewed. I remember this is about probably fifty interviews back, um, but mm-hmm. I remember she was like, "I just wish people would ask me what's quirky about me." And I was like, oh, I love that one. <laughs> We've had the best responses to that question. <laughs> I mean, and, I, I, know, if I'm being honest, I think you guys have asked some some really good questions. I like that you asked about, like, the things that were hard um, because mm-hmm. I think that's such an important mm-hmm. thing for people to hear. Um, I mean, I guess I guess you could ask, like, if people have any, like, weird tricks they can do. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm like, do I even have one? <laughs> oh, I can walk on my hands. Oh, I can walk on my hands. I was trying to think if oh, I had a trick cool. I could do. Oh, awesome! <laughs> like, like stupid human tricks, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used I can't no more being 48 years old, but I when I was in my 20s, I could walk up and down stairs and all that on my hands. Really, <laughs> up and down stairs? Yep. I, but see, I was always one of them people that was um, that was good with balance. I mean, I was one of them crazy people that did the ramps with the bicycle stuff. I used to stand on the handlebars going down the street on my bicycle. So I was one of them crazy bicycle people that took balance. That's a lot of balance. Like I, I thought I was doing pretty good being able to walk across the room on my hands, but like, I, there's no way I could go up and down stairs. See, so if, see, so now I know that about you. 